Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. All right, we've got a very, very cosmic show today. We're going to talk about outer space, maybe. We're going to talk about inner space, maybe. Somehow I'll twist it together. Don't worry about it. Uh, our, our second guest, by the way, I want to talk about him first because uh, Dr. Robert Fowler uh, from the Gilchrist Institute is going to talk about they have discovered the potential molecule, the potential molecule. So that's very interesting, and we're going to get to that at the bottom of the hour. But first up, we have Dr. Sanjeev Kagram, and he is a director general and dean of the Thunderbird School of Global Management at Arizona State University. And you know, with all the talk of billionaires going out into space, now they are launching a master's program in space policy and business. And no, not like I thought. They're not going to do it out in space. It has to do with space policy and the business of space. Now, Dr. Cogram, I have a question for you. First of all, welcome to the show. I have a friend that actually has the rights to mine the moon. Does that make any sense to you before we even get going? <laughs> Not completely. You know, <laughs> as most people who are in the field know, there, you know, there are in international regulation laws. There are uh, soft international laws and treaties around space. It's still not a heavily regulated part of our, <laughs> you know, right. human endeavor. Right. Uh, but uh, and you know, people have been claiming rights for outer space or trying to, but at this point, we have no way of, of really determining those rights. Right. In, a, well, in, a, in, a, in an enforceable way. Perfect. In an enforceable way. And that's the thing. Perfect that you guys are looking at talking about a master's program in space policy. What is the policy? It's all probably being developed as we are speaking and the business of space and space exploration. All those. Maybe you could talk a little bit about this for a moment. What, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So the, why did we get into this? Well, First of all, the Thunberg School of Global Management has been the premier school for global business for 75 years running. We just had our 75th anniversary, April 8th. We were founded by nice. the Thunderbird Air Force pilots, ah. Alan, that came back from World War II, and they saw the horrors of that war. And they came back with this belief that, in a famous phrase, borders frequented by trade and diplomacy seldom need soldiers. Right. We became the number one school for international management for many, many, many years running, global management. And then, you know, over the last three years after I was have the privilege of joining the school and leading the school, what we said is we have to embrace not only the global, and in this world, that's a difficult thing. And the pandemic has proven that in technicolor, but the technological and the digital. And pre-pandemic, we said the global is technological and digital and the technological and digital is global. And so we began to look at these 12 key technologies that are transforming our world. AI, machine learning, AR, VR, XR, blockchain, quantum computing, lo and behold, space, space mm. technology. Mm. And the space industry is at its tipping point this year. Right. Three firms, as many of us know, have been working for 20 years, Virgin, Blue Origin, SpaceX, will all fly commercial passenger flights this year, sparking, obviously, public attention, international attention, and private investment is booming in the sector and will eclipse the NASA budget 
for the first time. And so it's an incredible time. And there's a huge demand for global leaders, managers, professionals in the space sector. And there's no program to produce that. So that's what we're doing. Mm. I love it. Let me take a little break here. Perfect time for some Santana into the night or into the night sky or into space. What is the policy and the business? And maybe you need to get a master's degree and you can do that at thunderbird.asu.edu. Uh, Dr. Cogram will be right back with us. By the way, uh, he's a world-renowned expert in global leadership, the international political economy, sustainable development, and data, the data revolution. And we're in the data revolution. We'll be right back. This is Entrepreneur Weekly, just like the magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine on newsstands everywhere. Also check out our website, entrepreneur.com. You will find lots of great podcasts. This particular show, Entrepreneur Weekly, is a radio show on many radio stations around the country. Thank you to all our radio affiliates. You can also hear it podcast at entrepreneur.com. There's all kinds of videos. There's all kinds of great stories. It is an amazing resource for the entrepreneur and the wantrepreneur. Again, coming back with our guest from the Thunderbird School of Global Management, um, Dr. Sanjeev Kagram. Uh, doctor, I'm just, there's so many questions to ask you about space and all of this, but can we at least talk about what are some of the issues and opportunities facing entrepreneurs you know, thinking about outer space and all this emerging stuff? Maybe you could go there with us. Well, you know, Alan, you know, we all grew up on Star Trek. So I'm going to steal oh, yeah. a little line from a Star Trek <laughs> with all due respect because yeah. they got it right. Space truly is the final frontier. Oh, baby. You know, it inspires us. It energizes us. There is incredible potential for not only exploring, you know, uncharted, <laughs> you know, <Right>. civilization, <laughs> but really solving the problems of our own planet and humanity. By, by the way, which, by uh, the way, were, my favorite yeah. episode was The Trouble with Tribbles. Did you ever see that one? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. I love it. <laughs> they they, they but, reproduce you know, the sector, so fast. But go, yeah. yes, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, there's just incredible opportunities. You know, everything from what we can do in terms of data with satellite imagery the weather.coms of the future, what we can do and potential find, you know, you, you start off with your friend that has rights to mining on the moon. Right. Uh, probably not the case, but nonetheless, we may find all sorts of resources, minerals, other assets that would be helpful for us as a, as a species, as business leaders, as government leaders and so forth. It has a unique set of issues, though. The sector is, you know, obviously space, technical and safety challenges that differentiate from most you know, sort of technology sectors. It obviously implica is implicated by national security, defense, and geopolitical, you know, dynamics that make it very, you know, in some sense, much different from, you know, a, a, a other sectors. Obviously, every technology sector has geopolitical and other types of issues. We know that. But, you know, space is space, right? Right, right, right. It has its own environmental challenges that, you know, have to be addressed with, but also offers incredible opportunities, not only for commercial success, entrepreneurial success for executives and entrepreneurs, but, you know, really transforming our planet socially, economically, and environmentally. Mm -hmm. So we see this as a, as a great opportunity to solve 
some of the intransigent problems mm. that we face as a humanity. Not to get political or anything, and I don't want you to get political. I'm not even asking for that. But I think Space Force was a good idea. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. I mean, you know, it's all, you know, the angels are in the details. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is fabulous, right? How we implement it is what we want to look to. Right. And, you know, we want to move towards a world where, you know, again, space is a, look, we started, I, I talked about the famous motto of the school. One of the simpler ways of putting it is, is commerce for peace, commerce and diplomacy for peace. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. we believe now space is an arena, a sector to advance peace and cooperation amongst the peoples of the governments of the world. And so Space Force should help with that, obviously to advance U.S. interests, but also to do that in collaboration and cooperation with others around the world for the benefit of both people and the planet. Mm. That's what we believe about Space Force. I love it. I love it. I love that you brought Star Trek into it. I mean, who, <laughs> I mean, who isn't a Trekkie that is, you know, over we're all Trekkies if you're over a certain age because you grew up with it and it was so amazing. They had cell phones. They had cell phones before. It was, you know, come on, right? We are living the Star Trek moment. We are totally. We're but, right in it. Listen, we're in the cusp of that moment. I hate to correct you here on something because, and to me this is great because you're the dean and the director a director general at the Thunderbird School of Global Management at ASU, but I think there's one other final frontier. You ready for this? I think the human mind, it's kind of an untapped potential of brilliance that is, you know, we're all still trying to figure out what our purpose is. And I know our next guest is going to talk about some of this stuff, too. But really, if we can if we can come from a different place and, and if we look at the world around us today and there's so much turmoil, everybody's pointing the finger at everybody else. It's your fault. It's your fault. If we could all just be accountable for what we do personally in our lives and start to be more kind and more courageous at the same time in life and just be like what entrepreneurs are, you know, this is entrepreneur. So to me, the king of the world is the entrepreneur, the one that's going to rebuild the world entrepreneur, the guy and the gal that fixes the problem when there is a problem, like in Apollo 13, entrepreneurial thinking, you don't just give up. And so the mind is like, how do we tap into that? But I, I have so many more questions for you. But who is this master's program for? Again, we're talking about a master's program in space policy and business. Who is your aim? And we have like 10 seconds. Okay. Executives looking to transition to the space industry from other sectors, entrepreneurs creating new businesses that Love could it. be about space, the space economy, uh, aerospace engineers that are taking on leadership positions, government okay. policy folks Beautiful. that have to make create the enabling environment. All right, hold on, hold on. There's, the there's a whole lot more of this cosmic episode of Entrepreneur. We'll be right back. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, we're talking about uh, outer space uh, with Dr. Sanjeev Kagram. He is the Director General and Dean of the Thunderbird School of Global Management at ASU. And, uh, Doctor, I forgot. I, I knew I was running up against a break, but I, I went way too fast there. 
Who is this program for again? We're talking about a master's program in space policy and technology because I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I had to. It was a, it was a hard break, Doc. No <laughs> Thank you so much, Doc. Okay. It's a master's in space policy, business, and entrepreneurship. So okay, it's for good. entrepreneurs oh. who want to create the startups of the future yep. involving space, executives looking to transition to the space industry from other sectors, those in government or going into government that are going to be really critical to our leadership. We talked about Space Force just a second ago, right. aerospace engineers and other types of engineers that are moving into executive roles, military veterans and officers that want to get into this commercial part of space. So lots of folks. And frankly, again, the sector is booming. And so the need for professionals, for leaders, for managers, entrepreneurs right. is growing by leaps and bounds. And what's exciting, I'm going to put one more thing is it's an incredibly diverse and inclusive sector. And that's really important for us in today's U.S. economy and society, as we know, and the world. So we're very excited about what's possible with the space economy. Well, Director General, what's it like to be a Director General and a Dean? I mean, that's a huge responsibility. (laughs) Well, it's been, you know, like everybody who's leading organizations, and particularly higher education, it's been a transformative time with the pandemic. You know, what's exciting is that, again, Arizona State University is the number one school for innovation six years running against mm, wow. all of our competitors. You know, MIT, Stanford, all the rest. The Thunderbird School is the number one for school for global management. So we were really prepared for the pandemic. We were able to, you know, keep our kids and students and learners safe while giving them the best of high-quality education, even if it wasn't in person. Right. We went back in the classroom very early and very oh. quickly. I'll just give you one of the ways we've been pioneering technology. What's the greatest moment in a in a student's uh you know educational lifetime it's the graduation right alan oh you know, no i thought it was the first the first right kiss and- wait a minute hold on <laughs> first kiss is the uh, oh that, uh, sorry go ahead <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. but you know you're with your family yeah, you're celebrating right? and you know we couldn't do it in person so we invented uh, the digital graduation we had robot avatars the students were, were, you know, you were connected to robots. I was in the oh, that's cool. Their, yeah. their, their uh, you know, their diplomas, they came up as holographs doing their student speeches, the alumni oh, speeches. that uh, is great. That, you know, so, you know, we can do amazing things. And space, again, is important in of itself because it's a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs yeah. and the business community. Mm. But it inspires us. And it's going to inspire, just like Star Trek, we've been talking about Star Trek, right. us, the older generation, a younger generation mm. of entrepreneurs and executives. So that's what this program's about. You and know, that's what the school is about. it's fantastic. By the way, you guys can find out more information by going online and www.thunderbird.asu.edu. And uh, we're talking with Dr. Sanjeev Kagram. And Dr. You sound really young. You have a, a very young, energetic voice, which is great. I love that. You're very well-spoken. You're not like the typical director, general, and dean. You know, I mean, you're this young, excited guy. I think you're young. At least you sound young. But the point is, it doesn't even matter. You have that energy that is infectious. It makes me want to go get a master's degree in space policy business. I already got one in entrepreneurialism, but anyway, <laughs> um, I think this is great. And what is good about it? And I normally We're always learning, Alan. Right? We're always learning, lifelong learners. Right? Never stop learning. But what's good about it is that for the audience that we have, which is entrepreneurs, space is a reality for you through something like this. 
This is, to me, the door just opened to outer space for the entrepreneur through ASU and through this program. This is brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you. And it's going to be in L.A., which has been the single biggest hub of space R&D and manufacturing for decades since the 1960s, you know, from the Apollo capsules and the space shuttles, you know. So it's going to be in a great location, but also very flexible, hybrid, you know, the 21st century. Mm. So we're very excited, and we'd love to have lots of wonderful entrepreneurs, executives, students and learners join us. Well, uh, I promise you're going to be transformed by this degree. I am happy to uh, come visit there sometime when I'm in Arizona. I do a lot of business in Arizona, lots of friends there. And can if any way I can help you to spread the word, you know, like we're doing right now, please let me know. Uh, in about 30 seconds, what is next? You guys are doing so many pioneering new programs in technology and what have you for the Thunderbird at ASU. Well, I'm going to just mention two. One for the Another sector, a master's in global creative industries. We know that film, TV, content, esports, you name it, every part of the creative industries has been transformed during the pandemic. And so we're actually launching in Los Angeles, well, first of its kind, master's in global creative industries. And finally, the thing we're really excited about is to reach 100 million learners, 100 million learners, Alan, around the world mm. with a free five-course business certificate oh my translated gosh. into 40 languages. You, you uh, tell me that in the last 10 seconds of the of this segment. You stay on the line. I want to talk to you for one minute during the commercial break. we got to tell the world about that more. Uh, we'll do it on another show. Coming up next, Dr. Robert Flower. They have discovered the potential molecule. What is your potential? Maybe you need to go to ASU and the Thunderbird College over there and and take this uh, master's program on space policy and business. We'll take a little break and be right back with the second half of Entrepreneur Weekly. Can't get enough of Entrepreneur Weekly? Check out our podcast on iTunes for even more content. Subscribe today. Discover unstoppable industry influencers who celebrate disruptive thinking and game-changing business strategies on Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, what is your potential? Our next guest, Dr. Robert Flower, is from the Gilchrist Institute. He's an author and leading authority on potential and achievement. I want to know what my ultimate potential is, don't you? So Dr. Flower is on the line with us, and they have discovered the potential molecule. What is the potential molecule, Dr. Flower? Thank you for joining us. What is the potential molecule? My pleasure, and thank you for having me. Uh, Well, the potential molecule is actually a process within the human psyche that identifies the way we think. Now, that's the way we think, not what we think. And what we've discovered is that we all have this, uh, what we call, potential molecule, every, every single human on the planet. And we all think alike, same structure, but we do it differently. And we utilize the principles of this molecule in different ways, so that we have the wide variance of uh, 
of what humans uh, are. So what we try to do is uh, explain it to people. Look, here's what you have. This is the way you, you actually uh, you actually think. And then we do uh, an analysis. Once after we explain it to them, we explain these various principles that are involved. We then do an analysis uh, on them, and our analysis is uh, very very simple, very quick, but it has a profound uh, impact. We can. At full exposure, we can generate over 217,000 personal profile of thinking <laughs> so that we, we can tell people just about anything they want to know about themselves, their situations, you know, their problem solving, where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are, and ways of getting around weaknesses and issues that come up constantly in their life. Well, let me ask you this. You call it the potential molecule. Is there an yes. intelligence molecule, an intuition molecule? I mean, I'm just curious, where does this go? Because it's, I mean, obviously very interesting, but yes. it's like, where does it stop also? Well, it's one and the same, because when you consider the thinking, uh, you're talking about intelligence. People believe that our intelligence is genetic, People believe that it's it's more nurture than nature. Well, it's both. And I'm beginning to understand after 40 years of research, Alan, that intelligence is a free spirit energy. And all you have to do is tap into it. Mm. And in order to tap into it, you have to understand its structure. So that once people begin to learn what intelligence is, they become smarter. They become more enlightened. And consequently, they reach higher levels of potential. So Now, there are little, little tricks in between, but, yeah. but that's basically it. Well, it's like, it's like when people say something to the effect of, I'm going to put it out to the universe and see what comes back to me, you know. <laughs> kind of like yep. that, or or ask God and see what comes back. Why do you think most people do not reach their potential? Is it a sleep state that we live our whole lives in? I mean, it seems like you're just trying to wake people up to a higher intelligence at some point. Yes, well, you're right on target there. There's a couple of reasons. First off, the major reason is this. People do not understand thinking. They don't understand intelligence and how it can be achieved and actually what it is that there is a, a structure to it there's an order to it and that chaos is what we make of our lives right chaos is just total misunderstanding uh, how to think how to reason things out you know for, for instance let me, let me let me point it out this way alan typically mind science says well, we think in a logical progression, right? If this, then that, then that, then that, then that. That's not the way the mind works. And we have scientific evidence of this. The way the mind works is this. Picture a circle with 13 items around the circle. Well, actually 12, like a clock. In the middle is the 13th, okay? okay? That 13th is awareness 
consciousness. When you focus on something, all 12 of those principles fire almost simultaneously at that focus and bring in their principles into the focus, okay? And that happens continuously every second that you're conscious, right? Mm. Rather than a logical sequence. Logical sequence is valid, or I should say it's true, but it's not the only valid way of thinking. So the most important thing is people, they don't know about this. They don't understand this. So we try to illuminate them as to what this is, how it works in your, in your daily life, and then um, work with them to enhance their, uh, their situation. All right, let me do this. Take a break. We're talking with Dr. Robert Flower. And he is with the uh, Gilchrist Institute. It looks to me like you're the founder of the Gilchrist Institute back in 1984. Um, They have an assessment. We're going to talk about how that works. And uh, we're talking about the discovery of the potential molecule. How much potential do you have? And this is just interesting stuff. It's all there is. Everybody wants to reach their their greatest potential, don't we? We'll take a little break and uh, be back more with Entrepreneur Weekly. Stay with us. Can't get enough of Entrepreneur Weekly? Check out our podcast on iTunes for even more content. Subscribe today. Well, I do feel good uh, because we have Dr. Robert Flower joining us from the Gilchrist Institute. If you want to reach him, you can find him at naturalthinking.org. O-R-G. Naturalthinking.org. Um, he is the leading authority on potential and achievement and has written 10 previous books on the subject. He's also uh, lectured and uh, talked with uh, a lot of different big companies, Fortune 500 companies, IBM, Ford, Chrysler, CVS, many others. He's also had uh, two sessions at the United Nations. So we're talking about higher thinking. And welcome back, Dr. Flower. Is this at some point, is the genesis of all this intuition, intelligence, the potential molecule, is it the spirit of the man, a spiritual thing? Is it the spirit of a man at some point, doctor? Yes, indeed it is. And it's the most powerful uh, principle of potential. It's the universal power uh, that permeates the universe and each of us. And it's the thing that when you walk into a room and you get a sense of somebody in the room or something going on or what have you, you're connecting on that level. It's not right. It's not a, a religious or theological thing, right? Although it's involved with that. It, it, I get it. Religion yeah. emanate from there. Right. 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 Let's just talk about then how you do your assessments of people. And then maybe before the end of the show, you could give our listeners kind of a self-assessment program they can do just to be conscious of it. If we're talking about higher thinking, let's try and pull the thoughts and the thought process up in that way. Let's talk about the uh, way you assess your, the assessments you do in your work. Yeah. Well, if you go to our website, we have at this point, point in time we have seven different uh oh, good good they take uh, maybe 10 15 minutes each 
and they measure various types of um, of factors within uh, the you know this this human intelligence. Uh, our measures our degree of potential within each of these thirteen principles. It measures the weaknesses, uh, determines the strengths. It's a very unique process which uh, we call cognitive engineering, where we show people, once we do their analysis, the proper pathway, the best pathway for them to pursue their thinking, what pitfalls that they fall into, and very importantly, it gives a sense of purpose. We measure a sense of mission. What is your purpose? And we, we all have one. Oh, yeah. And the mission is also things that you should be doing during your life, during your daily life, to keep you on track. And along with that, uh, Alan, uh, I should say that our motto, so to speak, about potential is that potential is the essence of what humanity is all about. Mm. We are about developing potential. The universe wants to be developed. Okay, hmm. because the universe is made up of potential. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting here is you said something that is as much as even this morning, I was having this identical conversation with a person who had left a six comfortably six close to seven figure job to seek and find their purpose. And they're at that stage of their life where they're like, I got money. I got stuff. It isn't about that anymore. What am I here for? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? What is my potential? So uh, you can find that, by the way, the assessment at naturalthinking.org for Dr. Robert Flower, the Gilchrist Institute. Very interesting. So what do you think about employers? How can they help their employees maximize their potential? How do we do we have to first we have to learn this, obviously, for ourselves and then the ripple effect is we try and help others. Part of your purpose in life, I think, is to help others, right? Well, you've got to be careful with that. Okay. Uh, the answer to that is a qualified yes, all right? But you said it, you just said it just a second ago. First, yourself. Right. And just think about, just think about this, Alan. If everybody, and I realize this is Pollyanna, but, but just think about it this way. If everybody in the world focused on developing their potential, you realize how quickly and how powerfully the world changes? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're Without th question. You're thinking about positive things. You're not a victim anymore. Right. You look at travesties and setbacks as challenges to reaching a higher degree of potential. And I have, I have colleagues, I have friends of mine, but close buddies, who are very, very, very successful. Some of them are famous, okay? And I can tell you that they're miserable. They're miserable. <laughs> right. they, they, they've, got, they've got recognition. Yep. They've got, a lot of, they've got a lot of money. You know, they've got a lot of material things. Yep. But you know what? When it comes to developing their minds and their emotions and their spirit, they're, they're lacking. Exactly. They don't even know it exists. All right, hold tight. This is good stuff. And the, the reason why I have to take a break, but the reason why this is such good stuff is because it doesn't get said enough. 
The love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And if all you do what you do for is money because you want more of it, all you will find is an evil end. No happiness, no joy. Find yourself. What is your why? We'll be right back and find out more. Stay tuned. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. Need a mentor? One-on-one online sessions with Entrepreneur Magazine's experts can help you start a business, grow your business, build your brand, fundraise, and more. Book your one-on-one session with experienced business owners and media experts. Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, can help you perfect your business pitch to media. Businesswoman Kathleen Griffith, founder of Grayson Company, can help improve your growth and marketing strategies. Need guidance on improving your leadership skills? Elizabeth Gore, president of Alice, can help you become a strong, value-driven leader. So what are you waiting for? Book your one-on-one session with Entrepreneur's lineup of experts today. Visit entrepreneur.com slash mentors. Again, that's entrepreneur.com slash mentors. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Dr. Robert Flower, our guest today, author and leading authority on potential and achievement. And we're talking a little bit about the discovery of the potential molecule. And you can find out more information about Dr. Flower at naturalthinking.org. And, Dr. Flower, uh, first of all, thank you for spending the time with us. To me, I look at this and I'm not that smart of a man. I'm just not. I've, I've been gifted by the grace of God, a wonderful life, and I don't question it. I'll just say this about this molecule. It's like when a person dies and the spirit leaves the body. You know, is there something scientific about that? Because the spirit is what life is. This molecule for intelligence and potential and intuition and all this, you're calling it the potential molecule. I'm sure it's hard to pinpoint what it is, but you and I talked in the break and they've pinpointed it down to 97% of surety. But the reality is, I think that a lot of it has to do with this word called faith. And so (laughs) I can't imagine being you trying to explain this to the world. And I know it's not easy, Dr. Flower. I know it's not. Let me just ask you real quick, because we only have about four minutes. Let's talk about what can we offer these entrepreneurs, these people that are listening for a, some sort of a personal assessment. And we dance around the spiritual nature. And I don't know whether that's part of where you're going to go, but go for it. Give me three or four little test quiz things. Let's look at the test. Let's look at what restricts us from reaching our potential, no matter how successful we are. We have what we call the significant restrictors. And it's four. Now, there are more, but we found that there are four basic ones, all right? Right. Fear, fear, ego, ignorance, and deception, especially self-deception. Right. That was five, because you said fear twice, but I, and I agree, fear is, is worth doubling down on. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, our recent surveys have showed that 85% of people's thinking is based in fear. Yeah. Yep. 65% is based 
in ignorance. Yep. 60% is based in the ego. Yep. All right. And about 80%, well, roughly 80% in ignorance. A lot of people make decisions out of total ignorance. Yeah. Okay? Which, that, that's uh, me. Uh, I go through and, life like that. I get lucky. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, one way of measuring your own potential status, okay, your own natural thinking status, is to look at criticism as constructive. Be Absolutely. objective. Right. When something happens that really bugs you, take a step back, take an objective mindset, and look at it and say, is this something that's wrong with me, or am I just responding in a negative fashion? And chances are, I would say most of not most of the time, all the time, okay, mm -hmm. that you are analyzing yourself subjectively and you're not opening yourself to the criticism, which will increase your level of accomplishment. Right. When you see what's going on in your life and what's wrong with what you're doing or thinking, you are going to achieve a higher level of achievement. Uh, I, level by of the potential. way, I agree, and I call this taking off the beer goggles. If you know what I'm saying, okay. right? All because right. Yes. Pe people yes. live, they live their lives in, you know, from one pleasure to the next. And in between that is pain. And, and then, oh, they, they reach out for pleasure. And sometimes, you know, they, they cause this cascading effect because, you know, when they drink or take drugs or all these things that are going to have problems, like you started out in the very beginning, they cause problems. You're not using intelligence. You're not using intuition. You're using, you know, fear, ego, all those things you just mentioned. And at the end of the day, you will never reach your potential. All right. You know what? We are completely out of time. I love this conversation. This to me is like, I'm in my my therapist uh, chair right now and having a great conversation. <laughs> Dr. Robert Flower, you guys can find him, naturalthinking.org, and you can take, there's a couple different assessments there, evidently, and, and go check it out, naturalthinking.org. Dr. Robert Flower, thank you, doctor. It was great. Thank you, Alan. I enjoyed it. Love it. Love it. I love thinking higher instead of just reacting like an animal to, to life. Boy, if you're an entrepreneur, you really have to reach higher and do some higher thinking. That's it for me today. I'm Alan Taylor. Go out and do something good in your life. We'll see you next time. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated.